You see, when I stood up here, I stood up here as Joseph Gooden. But when you allow the Holy Spirit, then Joseph Goodman moves out of the way. And the Holy Spirit begins to operate. And see, a lot of people don't know how to make that transition between light and darkness. A lot of people are caught up in just how they want to do things in the flesh. But you can never be made perfect in the flesh. You've got to be able to know how to surrender. You've got to know how to turn on the switch from when you're in the flesh to when you get in the spirit. And I'm not saying that um, because they put the music on, now I'm in the Holy Spirit. No, what it is is we operate in atmospheres. When you walk outside, it might be raining, snowing, sleeting. It could be doing a manner of things. But what atmosphere do you operate in? When I minister, I minister in a certain atmosphere. And in those certain atmospheres, there are miracles that happen. Because you, there's different realms of the Spirit. Just same way as there are inner courts, outer courts, as it was in, um, in Solomon's temple. It's the same way in our spiritual lives. But what I'm talking to you about today is I'm talking to you today in a depth that you may not be aware of. But I want to begin to enlighten you a little bit today about what God has showed me uh, as I was praying. Matthew chapter 19, if you would. Hallelujah. Can you turn that up just a, a little bit? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And the reading goes this way. Matthew 19 and 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, and that is God. But if thy wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. You will enter into life. Keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. When I was growing up, we were big on keeping the commandments. Keeping the commandments. As time goes by, new revelations has come out. People, oh, we're free from the law of sin and death. We're free from this. We're free from that. We're free. Yes, we're free from that. But that still doesn't mean that God still has His commandments. Why would He say it and then take it away? God still has things He does not like. There are still things that God does not accept. Even though He will forgive you for anything. Anything that you've done, God will forgive you for. It. But He still has His commandments. But what I want to talk to you about today, I'm going to break this thing down slowly. Because I want you to be able to get the full picture of what I'm talking about. This is about a young ruler, but in, if you begin to dissect it a little bit, you'll begin to see there's a lot more deeper teaching than what that Jesus was teaching. He said, keep the commandments. 
verse 18. He saith unto him, Which? Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Now we know there's 12 of them, but he just threw out a few of them. You know, these here, you know, keep you safe. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man, he listened to those things. And he looked over his life. And he said, well, all those things I've kept my whole life. You know, there's a lot of people who are keeping the commandments of God. They're doing, they're not doing nothing wrong. They say, why don't I go to heaven? I'm a good person. How come um, you're, you're pointing your finger at me? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I, don't, I'm do, I do this. I, you know, I give to the poor. I, what is, I'm a good person. He said, if thy wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. I'm going to stop right there for a minute because I want to bring this scripture out. Because what God had begun to reveal to me so much in this is we focus so much on the commandments. We focus so much on trying to be acceptable to the point that Jesus told him, he said, well, if you, if you be perfect, go sell what you got and give to the poor. And he said, and then you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. I want to stop there for a minute and I want to go to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. This verse. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus was telling the rich guy that everything that you're focused on are treasures. Everything that you're looking at in earth is treasure. When you think of a treasure, treasure you think of value. This pen may be like a dollar and something, but in the hands of the right person, I could say, well, this pen here, you'd be like, do you realize that this is a big pen? Do you know the authenticity of this pen? There was only such and such of these pens made. And the value of this pen could be thousands or hundreds of dollars. But if it's something I didn't know, I didn't know it had a value. I would have thrown it in the trash. 
And that's the same way, and that's the teaching that Jesus was teaching. Is that it's not about the material things, but what do you treasure? Where's your treasure at? Is your treasure in the house? Is your treasure in your kids? Is your treasure in your money or your job? Where's your treasure? And Jesus was bringing this out to this young man. But the young man looked, and when he said about the treasure, he turned and walked away sorrowful because his treasure was with his money. He had many riches. And then when you go further on in verse 22, it says the light of the body is, is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? When you read that scripture, as a child I'd often wonder what that meant. We would say that because it just sounds so out of place. I understand that the light is, is in the eye and the body be full of darkness. It just don't make much sense. And I was sitting and I was praying and I was saying, God, help me understand this scripture. You know, it's, it's about being able to hear the voice of God. But I was sitting there and I was saying, Lord, will you help me to understand what you're saying in this scripture here? And my little girl here, Patience Paloma, she came up and she began to talk to me. And I was a little bothered at the time. I said, yeah, I'm trying to study. And she began to ask me some questions. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, you need to take time and listen to it. So I just, I just pushed things away. I said, okay, what, what are you trying to say? And she began to ask me some questions and began to ask me questions about the devil. And when she began to ask me questions about the devil, this scripture come alive inside of me. I was just in the point of that. And I said, I get it. My God, I understand now. I understand now. In Isaiah 14 and 12, it talks about the devil being the light bearer. I'm sorry. His name was not devil. His name was Lucifer. And he was an angel. And he was a light bearer. In the same way in our children. When our children are born, they're full of light. They're full. You can't, I mean, no matter what you do to them, they come to you loving. And I, and I begin to, to say that your eye, your eye is the light. So what it's actually saying is you're starting out good, but after a while you begin to say, well, God... I don't know about this. God, I just, I don't know if I can be a Christian. Well, God, 
It's too hard. And when we're saying that, we let a little bit more darkness into our life. To the point we say, everybody else is doing it and they're not getting punished. Why am I being punished? And we let a little more darkness. I imagine Lucifer, I don't know for how many years he was a light bearer. He walked in the special places of God. He was a light bearer. He was an angel. And then pride got in his heart. Darkness entered into his heart. He began to see things. He began to be prideful. He began to this and began to that. And after a while, the light completely left him. Completely left him. How many times has negative things took us away from the light of God? I began to search that thing and I began to read that and I said, the same thing happened to the children of Israel. To the point they were just complaining all the time. They weren't happy with nothing. What happens when you start complaining, you're not happy with nothing? The light begins to leave you. And then to the point You say, God ain't even real because the light has completely left you. You can't see nothing good that God has done for you because the light has completely left your life. The light that says, what a beautiful day it is. Look at the sun. How did God create the sun? How did he create the trees? What a beautiful place this is. Look at God's creation. God, and when your heart is mindful of God and thankful of God, children of God, you're full of light. As long as you're thankful, as long as you have a testimony, the light of God is inside of you. And the people that are walking in darkness, they begin to say, there's something different about that guy. Oh, it's a terrible day. What goes around comes around. And you say, oh, well, it'll be all right. Why do you say it's going to be all right? So I know who holds everything. And when you begin to say that, you begin to push the darkness out of your life. You begin to push it away. And you begin to go closer to the light of God. Your treasure. You have to remind yourself of the goodness of God. John 14 and 21. Oh Lord, Lord, yeah. Can I worship a minute? I know you got an editing button, but just God, your presence, Lord. That's why I say I'm not a conventional preacher because I just walk with the Holy Spirit. I know I'm in front of people, but I just want to act like y'all not here because that's the way I am with my God. It's just a personal thing. Oh, Lord. 
my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. How wonderful you are. How great you are, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. John 14 and 21. Hallelujah. Fourteen and twenty-one. It says, "He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him." It's not hard to keep God's commandments when you love him. Jesus said, I, I began when we were talking about commandments and when you started out, you was, you was reading. I said, oh my God, he's going to be preaching my message. <laughs> and you were talking about the commandments, the commandments, the commandments. You was there, if you even look at them, you know, that's adultery. If you, no, 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 no. you was just naming them. And I was like, and the Bible says, if you keep my commandments, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be Love to the Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And I started thinking about that. The children of Israel, they had the law. They had the commandments. And I thought many times, they said, Jesus says, I didn't come to destroy the law. I come to fulfill it. But you say, well, how did you fulfill it? How did you fulfill it? A lot of people are preaching, but they're missing it. What fulfills the law? Is love. Love fulfills the law. You can't keep God's commandment if you don't love Him. When you love Him, just like your wife, you're not going to run out because you love her. You're not going to do anything against her because you love her. It's the same way with God. You're not going to do it. You might make a mistake. You, you might fail. Because we all do it. But you know what? You're going to come right back and say, I was weak. Forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry. But you know, in the middle of that thing, when you're saying that you're sorry, God is saying, I knew that you were going to do it. I knew that you were going to do it and it didn't change my mind. I knew Judas was going to betray me. It didn't change my mind. I knew Peter was going to deny me, but I still chose him. I didn't change my mind. You know what? Your faults and your problems, they don't change me. They don't change me. I'm not a man that I should lie. It don't change me. You know what? Because I know what is in your heart. Because I designed you and I put it there. And my sheep know my voice. The stranger, they're not going to follow. They're not going to follow a stranger. You're going to keep His commandments. And it's not about, oh, I want to just be in heaven. No. When you love God, it don't even matter about heaven. You just want to be with Him. When you love God, you just want to do what He says do. Because you want to say, God, what's next? I can understand why Jesus says, what I see my father do, I will do. Because he was like, okay, God, what's next? Wow. Okay, God, what's next? 
Wow. Okay, God, what's next? Wow. He was constantly amazed. It was easy for him to follow God, even though he was God, because he loved him so much. And he loved you so much that even while you was a sinner, he died for you. When you were still in your sins, when you were still out in the bars, you were still drinking, he still died. And he says, it don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter if it was for that one I'll do it. Because no greater love than for a man to lay down his life for his friend. No greater love. There's no greater love. For a good man, you might die. For the president, you might stand and say, I'll take the bullet. But for us, as evil as we are, as terrible as we are, the king of glory lay down his life for us. For us. His love fulfills the law. His love fulfills the law. The love. And that love is what saves us. And that love is the reason we can hear God. Because if you don't, we read 22. 14 and 22. Judah saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? He was asking a question. How can you manifest yourself to us and not the whole world? How come we're going to know just us like it's a secret society and not everybody. Jesus answered and said unto them, verse 23, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. You're sitting there and you say, Okay, well, I keep God's words. Jesus and the Father, the Holy Spirit, they come and they sit down at the table with you. And they say, Okay, son. This is what I'm going to do. When Jesus comes and he manifests the Father to you, he manifests encouragement. He manifests help. He manifests comfort. He manifests his, guide, his guidance. He manifests his healing. Uh, you talk um, and he gives you power to help others. And he will become a father to you meeting all your needs. Whenever Jesus manifests the father to you, he brings all these things. But when he brings all those things to you, it comes back to that treasure. You receive a treasure from the Lord. And when you receive that treasure from the Lord, you want to help others because you've got something good. But you know, when he saved you, he saved you from something. Me and my brother, we talk all the time about, I say, you mean to tell you how I know a real Christian? And you say, how do you know? I say, because Jesus saved them from something. You know a real Christian. Then people say, I've been a Christian my whole life. 
Okay, what did Jesus save you from? Were you an alcoholic? Were you, what, what did he save you from? Because if he didn't save you from nothing, then you don't have much appreciation for him. You, you, have, you might have light in you, but it's not a real bright light. There's a lot of darkness in there because there's a lot of places that hadn't been filled with his light. There's a lot of places that God hadn't been able to manifest his love to you. I'm not saying that you're not a Christian. I'm trying to say that to have that love, to have that love, you have to go through something. That woman who anointed his feet and used her hair and broke the alabaster box, he said, when I come into your house, you didn't offer me no water for my feet. You didn't offer me nothing to drink. And this woman keeps constantly cleaning my feet and pouring herself out because she understood what she was saved from. She understood what was promised to her. And whenever you become a Christian, a person who hadn't been saved, they're going to be back and forth. They're going to be back and forth. They're going to be little peteous things. They might cuss every once in a while. They might do this, that, that. But they're not like a person who's been saved from something. They're not like that. I'm going to tell you because I've been out there. I understand. I've seen a lot of people who say they're Christians. But there's only them who are in love with Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's only going to take you being in love with Jesus to be able to stand. Because when that time comes and, them, and people are being mortared and people are, are they asking you, do you believe in God or, or you don't? And you say yes or no, it's going to determine if you love God or not. Because there's a time coming in this generation, everything is moving towards that area to where you're going to be, have to identify yourself. Are you a Christian or are you not a Christian? You're going to have to identify yourself. And only the people that are going to identify themselves are people that are in love with God. If you're not in love with God, you're going to be mediocre. But I threw that in for free. I, God just had me to speak that. But John 24, let's move on quickly. I'm just throwing some quick teachings out there. That's... Um, I mean, John 14 and 24, let me read that. It says, He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's. It says you won't, you won't keep his sayings. If you don't love the Lord, and that's all the scripture's talking about. It's about being in love with Jesus, being in love with the Lord. If you don't love him, you're not going to keep his sayings. And that's what we've been talking about for so long is about there's a difference. Really, there's a difference between a, a believer and a non-believer. There is really, there's people that think that they're Christians, but they're, they're, they're really not because they do not have the love of God in their heart. They, they don't even, you know, they're, they're doing it because it's like a 401 plan. If they put a little bit something in later on, they're going to get something out. You know, it's just they're not really dedicated because I'm telling you, there, there is, there's benefits. 
There's benefits to serving the Lord. But I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not the sin that's the problem. It's the flesh that's the problem. The sin is not the problem. We can stay away from sin. We can stop the sin. But the flesh is the problem. The flesh does not want to pray. The flesh does not want to fast. The flesh does not want to surrender. The flesh does not want to do what it takes. And there's so much help for the flesh. You don't want to pray? Let's watch TV. You know the football games. I pray at the football game. You know, there's so much that this flesh wants. And I feed it. Look how fat I am. And it's still not full. It's always hungry for something. Always wants something. Not satisfied with nothing. Not just always, you can't do nothing with this flesh. But there's a time we're not going to have to deal with this flesh. But until we are redeemed, we have to deal with this flesh. And the problem with the, in the Christian life is not the sin. We can deal away with the sin. You see what happened? They would take them outside and stone them. And then something else would pop up. It wasn't the sin that they were killing. It was the flesh. That's why Jesus had to crucify that flesh on the cross. Because it's terrible. That's why the priest had to kill something in the blood. Because this flesh is terrible. You can't do nothing with it. It's not happy. It's not happy. It don't even want nothing to do with God. This flesh don't want nothing to do with God. But you know, there's something inside of us. It says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You can't do it on your own. That's why I say that some people say that they're Christian. Did you invite the Father into your house? Into you? Did you invite the Father? Because when he does that, he helps you with this flesh. Because it can't make it to heaven. This flesh cannot go to heaven. It's going to be here. We're going to, even when we pop up and go to heaven, you know what? We're going to get a new glorified body. This body is not going. What's on the inside is what's going. That's the treasure that is in earthly vessels. Praise the Lord. But it says when you keep his word, when you keep his word, the Father will come and make his abode in you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But also, I, I wanted to say too, um, another factor is when you, you know, you want to be a Christian, but when you start making so many excuses, that is what, that is what the problem is with the light in the darkness because you be, you're in studying the Bible but when you're studying the Bible it says okay is it alright for me to drink can I drink wine okay communion was wine okay and you want to start making exceptions for things in the Bible and fit things in your Bible for your life because you really don't want to do the commandments so you want to try to find a loophole you want to try to find a loophole in the scripture. Okay, well, it said it here, but it didn't say it here. Okay, I'm, I'm going to check this off my list. So I can drink, but don't get drunk. Okay, let me see here. Um, adultery. Well, I mean, uh, let me see. But the Bible says, keep my commandments. He that loveth me, they keep my commandments. When you start looking for loopholes, you don't want God. 
You might as well go on and drink. You might as well go on and do what you're going to do because all you're doing is sitting there in a miserable place because you're trying to find a way out. But you want to you want the security of his shadow. You want to be under God's shadow and his protection, but you don't want to be under God's rule. And you see, when you're under the Father's shadow, when you're in the Father's house, you have to be under the Father's rules. If he says be home at 9 o'clock, you need to be home at 9 o'clock because it's the Father's rules. It's the same way with, with God. You have a lawyer who's got, who knows all the loopholes. His name is Jesus. He's the one when the Father says, I don't like it, do away with it. Jesus says, Get my scars. Look, Father, have mercy. Another week. Sit. You have an advocate. Jesus is constantly taking up for you. You don't realize just how much Jesus is taking up for us. When, whenever tragedy happens, whenever problems happen, people say, I don't believe in God because God could have stopped it. Why is there? There's not a God. Why did my mother die? Why did my father die? Why did my wife leave me? Why did this? Why, 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 why? There's not a God. Like it was God's fault. But God could have stopped it. Well, he might have could have stopped it. But let me tell you, God's life doesn't revolve on your feelings. But you know what? You're part of his process. And you know what? To make you where you need to be at, you needed to lose that husband. You needed to lose that job. You needed to lose that because the first thing you come in your mind, you, even though you forgot about it, God, why? And you ain't prayed in years. But yet you want to say, God, why? You want to blame him now. You want to ask him now when you should have asked him before. I mean... You never know if you're Jonah and you're running that that well is helping to take you on your journey. You could have died. It could have been you. But in that process, it says that God is a master potter. And that means we're the clay. That means God is molding and shaping you. Do you realize the last prayer that you prayed? God, make me more like you. Lord, I want to be like you, God. I want to have the love of God in my heart. And then all of a sudden, pow, a tragedy happens. But through that process, you got what you prayed for. You need to watch what you pray for. You need to watch what you pray for. Lord, I need to be more patient. I just I've got patience with people. I need more love. I need more this. I need more that. Well, how are you going to get it? He's going to do osmosis. He just, there it is. No, it's a process. God don't do counterfeit. God don't do halfway. He don't do a replica. God is the real thing. If you ask that's how you want to be, then that's what God's going to make you to be. And you know what? Don't complain and argue about the process to make you what you ask Him to make you. Because it takes patience. It, I need more faith. Well, when you lose your job, then say, well, I lose my job. Now you got to live by faith. you got to learn to live by faith. 
you, when you're asking God, you have to go through a process to mold you and shape you for what you asked him for. That's why Jesus was like, don't swear by nothing. You better just let your words be yes and no and that's it. Don't go in adding, adding nothing to it when you're talking to God and you're talking to people because by your words you're going to be justified and by your words you'll be condemned. Be careful what you ask for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel God has said what he needed to say. I feel God has untangled some things. And Holy Spirit, we just pray now for the people here. We pray now for the people that are out there that may be hearing either in this time or in this season or in the future time. God, we pray, God, we send this word and the Holy Spirit forth to minister to their lives, oh God, to maybe be a key that will unlock a door, God. Father, we pray, Master, in the name of Jesus. God, it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. It is your spirit that goes out and convicts heart. It's your spirit that goes out and changes things and makes things, God. It's your spirit that operates in this earth. And God, we give, God, permission, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, God, to go into these homes and go into these lives, God. We give permission now, Father God, Father God, for you to go and change that situation on the job. Father God, we give you permission now, Holy Spirit, God, to go, Lord, and change that situation in that marriage and in that child. Change that situation now. Father God, we give you permission, Holy Spirit, to do whatever you need to do in us, God. Father God, because it's about the love of God and God we want to have that love in us we want to be able to be in love with the father because we know when we're in love with the father that we won't cheat on him many times in the word of God the people were called harlots God that they have was whoring around on God they were cheating with idols and father God our world now that we live in are full of idols We're, we've put things in your place we've put things above you we've put things in place of you God father God your time Lord the time the time father God the time Lord God our time is short and God we have to get ready Lord God I pray and father God in Jesus name we pray God that you would have your way have your way have your way now God have your way, Father, in Jesus' name. We give you glory and praise, God.